0: And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host as always, Tony Defeo. And I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday night in Pittsburgh and hopefully wherever you are. If you're in another country that's uh, way ahead of us as far as the time zone, maybe maybe it's a, s- a lovely Saturday morning, like in Australia. But either way, I, I hope you're having a good, a good time right now. And uh, before I begin, as always, I'd like to encourage you to please subscribe to our Behind the Store Curtain YouTube channel, where we have an ever growing platform of, of, of live shows such as this one, The Hangover, The Preview, uh, Know Your Enemy, The Scobro Show, Touchdown Under. I can go on and on and on. And uh, you can also catch those shows live on Facebook. As If you're on Facebook right now watching me uh, talk, you can you could catch those. Uh, we have a plethora of live shows both on YouTube and Facebook, and you can catch those after the fact. If you, if you don't catch them live, you can catch them on any audio platform if you're choosing. I personally like iHeartRadio. I um, Apple's pretty popular. iTunes, you name it. You can find those sh- those shows after the fact if you download them on on any audio platform of your choosing, and uh, it really helps us out when you do that. And uh, it, it's a our, our our platform is is growing by the day. Brian, Anthony Davis, Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, Michael Beck, Shannon White, Maddie Peverall, Jeffrey Benedict, Mark Davidson. Uh, gosh, Shannon. Did I say Shannon White? Anyway, it's just, it's just a growing list of a. Uh, Person, that we have new people. We have new people. Uh, what you're talking about, uh, we have fantasy football stuff, uh, all kinds of stuff. And of course, we have an audio only side to the uh, podcasting platform that we're, we're, everybody does a great job on. Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman, the live mic with Michael Beck, the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. Jeffrey Benedict ha- has a great new show where he breaks down. He looks, looks under the underbelly, if you will. He examines the underbelly of, of some Steelers uh, players and schemes, and that's called From the Cutting Room Floor. Uh, so you can catch those, on, again, on any audio platform if you're choosing. So please check it out. And, of course, check out Behind the Curtain, the website. We bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. Uh, anytime there's a trade, <laughs> trades, trades, trades. Anytime there's a, a player gets released. Anytime there's a a, a signing of a free agent, we have it for you. So please check that out. As we like to say, it's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. In my opinion, it's the greatest Steelers website on the internet. And it's the hardest working, that's for sure. I mean, we're always bringing you content. And certainly looking forward to another exciting Steelers season. So uh, please check us out. You won't be sorry. And before I begin with my content, I want to say hello to my Steelers family on the live chat, in the live chat. And that's uh, Buck Dancer, who says, Tony, first one here. All right. Patricia, George Teston, Dennis Sheridan, T Money, my man Terry. I was hanging out with him last night at, where were we? Um, Allegheny Brewery, I think. Anyway, we were hanging out after our run, talking sports. Brad Jewett, Brian Brown, Steeler Chick 46, Alex Flores, Steelers Pittsburgh, Evan Gullis. And Wes Hickok. He says Tony, my guy. And Wes, you're my guy. So there you go. Owen oh, David, all the way over from the from the watching this from the UK. He's a big Steeler supporter, big time. He's always weighing in with the questions and the comments. And he's a big time Steeler fan. And it just goes to show you that Steeler Nation is really. The Steeler universe and 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 it's expanding every single year. So welcome aboard, everybody. Did I miss anybody? It doesn't look like it. So um, what news happened on Friday? Anything big? Well, it all depends on who you ask. But the Steelers made a trade on Friday, and they acquired. I hope I get this first name right. A cornerback, a, a Kello. Weatherspoon from the Seattle Seahawks in exchange for a a 2023 fifth round pick. And I guess it's a, it's debatable, but Dave Schofield, our, our editor, one of our editors is pretty adamant that it also wipes out a fifth round compensatory pick from, I guess, 2022. I don't really understand that formula. I've tried to learn it, but it's kind of like the salary cap. Maybe it's a lost cause. Um, but I am trying to learn nickel and dime defenses more and more. I'm, I'm starting to understand that more uh, with each passing day. So maybe there's some hope for me yet when it comes to uh, compensatory picks in the salary cap. But anyway, uh, regardless, they acquired Weatherspoon and he's a 2017 third-round pick, originally of the 49ers. Um, he's a great athlete. He's uh, fast, 4'4", 40. He's tall, 6'3", about... 190 to 200 pounds um considered a really just an outside corner he's not really a a a versatile player he's more like justin lane somebody that can just basically play on the outside uh he started 33 games for the 49ers um he suffered some some injuries uh over the years um he only, I think he only started 12 games combined over the last two years. And then he wound up signing a one year, $4 million deal with the Seahawks this past off season. Um, but he couldn't quite win the starting job there. And uh, they traded for, I think Sidney Jones is his name. And and at any rate, he was relegated to a backup role there. And uh, so they decided to trade him to the Steelers for a fifth round pick. And uh, now He's been added to the cornerback room and and that gives them five corners, six now because they, after cutting Arthur Millette, they re-signed him. So that pretty much, I guess, fortifies the depth at that position. Um, It's still kind of unclear as as to whether or not uh, Sutton's going to be the starter on the outside as of right now anyway. I mean, there's still two weeks to go before the, or I guess a week now. Wow. Time really does fly. So I guess next week is the start of the season, but I guess that'll be hammered out uh, sooner or later. But the belief right now is that Cam Sutton will start on the outside in 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 your basic uh, three four alignment, and then when they switch to a nickel, he'll move he'll move to the slot. And as of be- before Friday, it was believed that James Pierre would move would, would play the outside. And, uh, but now that's up in the air. Maybe it's going to be a witherspoon. Who knows? Um, he's a player who never quite, I guess, realized his potential as a third round pick. Well, with the 49ers, I mean, he showed, I mean, the, the, again, the, the physical a- attributes are, 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 are pretty, uh, obvious. It's just a matter of him being out, being able to put it all together. So when you, when you're talking about, a low risk, high reward kind of thing, Certainly, the, the low risk part is uh, is apparent. I mean, you're you're giving up a fifth round pick, uh, two years down the road, possibly a compensatory fifth round pick too, depending on on uh, how that shakes out. I, I assume that's how it's going to shake out. And you're and in, in you're paying a guy. I think he's gonna. I think they have to pay like two point five million, maybe one point five. I think fig- I, I have to really look into that. But you're not paying much for for. 2021, he's a, he's a one-year rental as of, as of now. So the low risk part is certainly there. The the question is, will they will be a high reward kind of a transaction? Uh, He hasn't really shown the indication of, of being a player that, that could, could turn into that as of yet. Um, He has four career interceptions, 24 uh, passes defensed, but he does have starting experience. So, um I don't know what their plans are going to be again for the outside for 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 when they go into sub packages or even even the uh the base 3 4. I assume it's going to be Sutton. Uh beyond that, I don't know what they're going to do on the outside. Uh, maybe they give the uh the keys to Pierre right early on and see what he could do. He had a, he had a pretty decent camp. He he looked pretty impressive during the preseason. He you know, he didn't make an, a bunch of huge plays, but he didn't look out of place either. The moment didn't look too big for him. I'll put it that way. So he's a former undrafted free agent. So maybe he, maybe uh, they give him the first shot, and we'll see what happens. Um, from what I understand, uh, Witherspoon can only play on one side. So I guess it all depends on. Uh, I assume. I assume he's. Uh, uh, Pierre's on or Sutton and Pierre are on the on the left side, and Hayden's on the right. I, I don't know how that shakes out, but I would assume that's how it is. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't make any sense to bring in Witherspoon if all he can play is on the side that that Hayden plays, because Hayden's a obviously a fixture over on that side, which I guess would be the right side. So, um, again, I I don't know what, what you know. I'm not overly excited about it, but it is nice to see them add depth. Uh, you know, Keith Butler said the other day uh, before the, uh, a- after they released Millette initially that you, you know, you can't go into a season with four cornerbacks. It's just not, not smart. So now they have six, you know, so that's, that's good from that standpoint. And, and uh, Witherspoon, again, he is a player of, of a uh, decent pedigree. So who knows, maybe it was just a matter of, of finding the right fit for him over the, over the, his first four years. Maybe he wasn't the greatest fit in San Francisco. He certainly wasn't a great fit as it turns out in, uh, in Seattle because they got rid of him already. They traded him away after one training camp in preseason, but who knows? I mean, Terrell Austin, uh, he's been promoted to secondary coach. So maybe he can uh, work his magic with him and, and, and develop and develop him into something. But regardless, at least he has, starting experience. So uh, if Pierre doesn't quite work out on the outside, at least early on, if he has some growing pains and at least you have some, uh, somewhat of a veteran in, in Weatherspoon, who's 26, at least you have that him to turn to. So, so there you go. They, they have that uh, the, the depth now. So is that their final move for the secondary? Um, I guess it would appear. So uh, they, they, they signed Carl Joseph, a safety 2016 first run pick by the Raiders. They signed him to the practice squad, uh, earlier this week. And there's, there's the belief that he's going to be signed to the 53 man roster once he clears the uh, COVID protocol. Uh, so I assume it's going to happen. Um, who, who they're going to release to do that. I, I don't know. Um, I guess maybe somebody like UG three would be a candidate as far as inside linebackers. I know they have six right now, currently on the roster. That seems like a bit much. Hopefully it's not Trey Norwood because I'm kind of intrigued by him and I think they like him too. You know, I mean, he is a seventh round pick, but uh, he seems to have uh, some upside there for a seventh round pick. So hopefully it's not Trey Norwood uh, other than him or, or Millett, I don't know who else they would they would release to, to bring in Joseph but uh they're probably going to do that um as far as Joseph is concerned I'm not really that I'm not as excited about him as other people are because you know there are a lot of people who think he, he was a reach as a first round pick which let's face it the Raiders have been known to reach for in the first round for players and I think Joseph was probably more of a maybe a second or a third round pick is a strong safety and he got picked 14th overall, but he is a veteran and, uh, he does have some, uh, abilities. So if you're looking for someone who can be a decent backup safety, uh, you could do worse than Carl Joseph. So if that's all he winds up being is a, is a decent depth piece. And there you go. I'm not, I'm not that, uh, uh, impressed by it, but, it is nice to see them addressing the depth issue. And it's like, I've been saying, um, all off season, the off season, it's a fluid situation just because they didn't do anything about depth in March or, uh, during the draft or immediately after the draft or, or even during training camp doesn't mean that they're, they're not going to do something about it eventually. And, And now they're making these moves and, uh, they're all like Kevin Colbert said a long time ago, they're always looking at players. They're always looking to make moves. They're always looking to improve. So it's just a matter of when they decide to do it. And sometimes uh, it's not always about making moves right away. It's about uh, waiting and, and, and seeing w- w- what develops, seeing who gets cut, seeing who becomes available in a trade. So you've seen that in the last uh, few days with them, Carl Joseph became available after cut down day. So they they picked him up on the practice squad and, They apparently have plans to make him a uh, full-time member of their roster. Um, Witherspoon became available in a trade because of some other moves that the Seahawks made. And uh, so they picked him up and for a fifth round pick. So there you go. On that note, or having said that, um, I just wanted to address one more thing about, about this before I move on to something else. And that's this this ongoing story, ongoing perception about Stephen Nelson. Now you, you realize the reason why the secondary is in such a flux is because, first of all, they 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 you know, Mike Hilton left as a free agent. He was your starting slot corner, one of the best in the league the past few years, and that wasn't that was uh, expected. You know, he was gonna he, they couldn't work out a long term deal with him. So he was uh, eager to, join, to hit the free agent market. He did. He signed with the Bengals. They had a plan, and that plan was Cam Sutton. They 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 re-signed him. They signed him to a. They, they gave him a raise. That was the plan. He was going to be the new slot corner. But not long after that, uh, the rumors surfaced that they were looking to either trade Stephen Nelson, or if they couldn't find a trading partner, a suitable a trade, they were going to cut him. Well, once they once you heard that, you knew he was going to get cut. Once you put it out there to, that you're either going to trade a player or cut him if you can't find a suitable trading for him, then you know you you, you pretty much destroy the trade value of that player. So you knew he was going to get cut. And eventually, a week or so later, they they released him, uh, not without some controversy, uh, consisting of his. Um, some tweets that he, he put out there, you know, please, uh, you made your decision. Don't hold me hostage. Uh, please move on. And they did eventually. But not, long, not long after Nelson went public with his, uh, his, uh, dismay over the situation. Uh, but the belief was that, you know, Stephen Nelson, when he signed here in 2019, uh, he immediately became a, one of the better cover corners in the NFL, and there really wasn't much talk of him regressing that much in 2020. But then all of a sudden, uh, and he seemed to grade out fairly well with you know sites like uh, Pro Football Focus, if I'm um, remembering things correctly. But he certainly was a really good starter for them for two years. Then all of a sudden, they cut him, and there's this. Again, this perception that, he, that that first of all that he wanted a uh, a contract extension, which apparently was never in the in the works, and that that they went to him and asked him for a pay cut to take a pay cut, and it's been verified that he he was never approached about a pay cut. So uh, there's that perception. There's also the perception that that suddenly he he was this he was a a a, a liability as a cornerback, which nobody ever really mentioned for his, the two years that he was here you know what really the, the real the reality of the situation was with Steven Nelson is the Steelers were in in salary cap hell at the start of the uh, calendar the new NFL calendar year and they had to make some tough decisions and there really weren't many options for them you know as far as restructuring um, so uh, they decided that they couldn't to justify paying Nelson $8 million, which is what he was doing base salary for 2021. So they decided to move on from him. It was a tough decision, but they made it and they had to live with that decision. But this, 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 that Nelson was somehow either a, 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 a disgruntled player or that he was an awful player on the field, those are just not true. You know, so I just wanted to clear that clear that up because I think it's it's an ongoing narrative that won't go away for some reason. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he went public with his um, his disdain after they decided to to move on from him, but they wouldn't release him after after they couldn't find a, a good trade training partner. So I just wanted to put that out there because it's actually true. It's been verified. Kevin Colbert himself has said it. We just couldn't. Uh, justify we, we we couldn't fit Steve and Nelson under our salary cap. And this is back when their situation was really bad in March and April. It's a, it's gotten a lot better since then. Um, uh, you know, they've worked a lot of magic making room since then, but I guess at the time, perhaps they couldn't s- see that happening. So they had to move on from Nelson and they did. So I just wanted, I just wanted to clear that up because I think it's, it's, it's definitely a misconception by, from a lot of fans that, that Nelson was either a disgruntled employee or a bad cornerback, and neither one of those are true. And at the 20-minute uh, mark, I will uh, take time now to say goodbye to part one of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. If you're watching me live on YouTube or Facebook, don't go anywhere. I'm not gonna. I'll be right back. If you're listening on an audio platform, as I always say every week, thank you for downloading part one. And uh, I ask you very kindly to please download part two, because I will be right back for this episode of Steelers Friday night. Six.